At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why do we have insights when our mind is quiet? How do insights play a role in our ability to learn, and when do they impact the trajectory of our lives? Welcome to Insight Out, where we explore these questions and dissect how insights influence who we are and ultimately who we become. I interview New York Times bestselling authors and some of the most influential minds of our time to find out what insights have helped to make them who they are. When I realized that the world worked in many different ways, I'm going to choose to create a life that is specifically designed for me. I see infinite capacity to think and create. That's the magic that we all have. You can tap into that any point in your life. You just have to decide to do it. And as a leader, you have to be a transition figure. As Dr. Covey said, be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. Yes. If you're on LinkedIn as much as me, then you know that most video content is, well, it's bland. It doesn't have much in the way of originality. And quite frankly, it doesn't stand out. My guest today, Alex B. Sheridan, breaks the mold when it comes to video content. His videos, they entertain while they educate, forming something that I personally love, which is a form of edutainment. And he does this through storytelling and humor and visuals, all while sharing a valuable message that packs a punch. He is quite literally a LinkedIn stand-up comedian, and if you've seen his videos, you know exactly what I mean. His company, Impacts, helps entrepreneurs understand how to use content, specifically video content, to generate revenue. I loved our conversation. Here are a few of the highlights. We talk about the importance of standing out from the crowd. He shares why he believes in not having a plan B. Andy talks about his journey to unleash his creative spirit and why that's his mission to help others do the same. We also break down his creative process as he walks us through step-by-step exactly how he creates the amazing content that we see. He's a big believer in the clarity of the message that is delivered, and we talk about exactly how he makes sure every single video that he puts out isn't just entertaining, but it actually provides a very, very clear message. And of course, we get tactical and talk about how he's built a sales funnel around his videos and around his business so that he can actually monetize all the work that he's doing. We've been meaning to have this conversation for a while. It was an absolute delight to sit down with Alex. So let's not waste any more time and let's jump into the conversation. Alex B. Sheridan, welcome to Inside Out. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so thrilled, man. We've been talking about this for way, way too long and it's finally happening. Let's get going and let's not waste any time. Everyone watches your LinkedIn videos. So I said, I'm going to watch all of your YouTube videos. And I did. And I really love the direction you're going with sharing your story on YouTube. Let's start with this. Why should people be okay with lifting the door handle the other way sometimes? Because one, it's different what everyone else is doing because you're going to stand out. I mean, part of marketing and part of building a business is how do you differentiate yourself and your company from everyone else? And sometimes there's things that work that are proven that you can do over and over and again. You don't need to reinvent the wheel every single time. But there's times when you do need to lift that door handle the other way because you'd be surprised what actually happens when you do that. Sometimes things get unlocked that you didn't even think of. So I think about like my journey. I mean, making skits and rap battles and LinkedIn stand-up comedians. I mean, that is lifting the door handle the other way. And now it's a little bit more acceptable. But a year ago when I started doing all this stuff, it was just out of nowhere. 
you have to take a little bit of a chance. You got to be bold sometimes. You got to take a calculated risk if you know it's the right thing. Think different, as Apple says. And one of the calling cards that you have is just that, that you stand out from the crowd. You're not doing things the way other people are doing them. And the story that you had in your YouTube videos, some people didn't know how to open a door because it would open up instead of down. You had to say, you know, you just open it going that direction. (laughs) And then, oh, okay, now we get it. Let's talk about plan B. You don't believe in having plan B. Why is that? I think why have a plan B just distracts from your plan A. But what I don't mean by that is be reckless and careless. Like for example, I've made that transition from full-time job, having a side hustle to fully leaving that full-time job and going straight to my side business, which is now my full-time business. What I don't advocate for is just completely abandoning every and all strategy and everything that you have in your life and responsibilities for going all in on something else. I think you need to plan and you need to be strategic and you need to like take precautions and and make sure it's a smart move. But every time that you think of that plan B, it just distracts from that plan A. So for example, when I was working the full-time job, had I ever at once said throughout this whole really six months that was like the from customer one to leaving my full-time job was a six-month process. Had I throughout that time, like if you came up to me and asked me and said, Alex, what's your deal? Like you got a side hustle, you got a full-time job. Are you going to do both? Or is there ever like, would you go back to just the full-time job, no side hustle? I'd be like, Billy, I make it with this side business or I die. Like that's the level of dedication and commitment I had to it. And I think that is why I did it so fast. Part of the reason I did it so fast. I just, Mm -hmm. there was no other option. And people would be like, well, what if it doesn't work out? Then you can always go back and do your full-time. And I'm like, no, 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 there is no, it doesn't work out. There may be certain things don't work out and maybe I need to pivot and I adjust and I go a different route. But like I'm stepping in, this is plan A. This is my future. This is my life. This is the vision. I was working a plan B, but it was never a thought out thing where this was, I could fall back on this. Sometimes you take away that safety net, you'd be surprised what happens. You've gone all in, brother. And I'm so impressed with everything that you've done. To your own admission, you haven't taken many breaks. You've had very little downtime. I think you did, you got some me time, I I think maybe a weekend or so ago. But prior (laughs) to that, you only had one day off. One of the things you mentioned is that you sometimes struggle to be alone. Let's unpack that. Why? Well, I think, and I've gotten better with this in the last couple months, but for sure, it's something where like, I was so busy. So I've got two kids, two daughters, six and four, Nadia and Riley. And then it's me and my business. So I'm either like my kids or my business. I'm a single dad. So I've put all this time and effort into those two things. And especially when you're first starting a business and you're working a full-time job, it's just a lot of time. So you really, you just don't have much of a life if you really wanted to make it work quickly. And so I put my head down and I was like, man, I'm just spending all this time in those two areas. And I finally looked up one day and I took a breath of fresh air and I was like, what do I even do with my life? <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I have like any free time, how do I spend it? And what mm-hmm. makes me happy? And what do I like, what type of life do I want? I've mapped out my business stuff to a T and how I want to parent and be a dad, but I've never taken one second to be like, what kind of life do I want mm-hmm. outside of the business and the, and the kids and stuff? Like, what do I want for me? So it was t- being alone. I was in this weird spot where I just didn't quite know what to do with myself if I wasn't like in the actual business or with my kids. And somebody, I was talking to a friend one day, my neighbor actually, and, and I go, you know, I feel like I'm happy. I'm like in the moment. I'm like, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm in a good energy, like good vibe. Like when I'm around people doing my thing with my kids, I go, but then when I get alone, I'm just, for some reason, I'm not, that's where I struggle. And she goes, well, maybe it's, you struggle with the person you're with. And I was like, damn, that really hit me. What I did personally is I just really looked in the mirror and I reflected and I said, what about me am I not happy with being? And I really like had to look at like, all right, what are the, some of the imperfections or some of the things that I think that I could do better that maybe I don't appreciate about myself? What are some of the things that maybe I do now that are awesome that I need to appreciate more of? Because sometimes we're just super hard on each other, like ourselves. And we look in the mirror and we just crush, at least for me, like sometimes I'll look in the mirror and just crush myself. Not just like physically, but like mm. emotionally. And, and man, I could be a better dad. I could be better at this. I should have made this decision, not that decision. And so for me, it was like taking a second back to really, it sounds really weird, but it's like you got to learn to have fun with yourself. You got to learn to appreciate like, hey, it's me and we're, I'm going to go ride my bike. And like, let me just enjoy this moment. I even noticed the small things like even when I was by myself and not working with my kids, I would be playing music in my ear pods, you know, as I'm going for a bike ride. So I'm like, I'm still not alone because for me, I get lost in music. Music takes me away. It's like my number one passion in life. Like I just love it. So if I listen to music, it takes me to a different world. It's still escaping. It was still me escaping myself, getting away from myself. 
So what I started doing is I started going on these bike rides by myself with no music. Mm. And I forced myself just to think, hey man, what's going on? How are you feeling? What do you want? What's working? What are you excited about? What are you happy about? What are some areas that you're not so excited about? And what do you need to change? What's the vision of the future look like? And mm-hmm. so I just really spent a lot of time. And now I'm like getting to a point where I'm like, I'm pumped to spend some time with myself. Like I'm excited, man. Like regardless of what I'm doing. And I think it's always a work in progress working on yourself, yeah, but, of course. but I'm in a little bit of a different mindset now. How has that been going since you started doing that? And kudos to your friend for saying that. What an aha moment. You talk about yeah. insights. Like sometimes you need your friends to point out an insight and like, well, why exactly don't I have what I think I should be having when I'm alone or I'm not dealing with it in the way that I, I, I should be? How's it been going now that you're doing the bike ride? And how long has it been since you started really reflecting and taking that me time without the distraction of music or some other source? Recently, I mean, in the last month or two, max. And it's been going well, I think, but I th- here's the thing. I think it's, it's a work in progress. Like I think people forget that we weren't put on this earth, like as human beings, our brains aren't wired to like, go follow your passion and let's be happy together. We were kind of like our primitive brains are kind of like survive, survive, reproduce, reproduce. So if you want to be happy and you want to love yourself, which I think we all should, then you have to take the time. You have to put in the work it actually takes work. I think that's the part that most people miss is like, mm-hmm. let me find happiness. And they like think they can be around somebody or doing certain things. That's how I used to think about it. I used to think, all right, why am I happy in certain settings? Well, I was in this environment or I was with this person. Cool. I need to do more of that. But that's actually just the cover. That's actually the mask. Really what you need to do is look inside and say happiness is more of a choice than it actually is like a, a in the moment feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it's not that you're going to be happy every second of the day. That's just never going to happen. But it's your ability to when you get down or when things aren't right, or when you're sitting by yourself and you're noticing, man, this is when I'm challenged. All right, well, let's face it. Let's deal with it. Let's think about it. What don't I like about myself right now? Or am mm-hmm. I just, is it not that? I just need to figure out how to have fun by myself. I need to let go of the fact that I need someone else. We can't be afraid to have those conversations with ourselves and reflect and think in the way in which you're describing. You talk about music being a through line in your life and a passion that you've always had. I know that rap specifically back in the day, especially. And let's talk about that creative side. Because when I think of you that I I always think about is this concept of unleashing the creative side. And, And that's something that you talk about a lot. So you've always been creative. What was the blocker that was in your way recently that prevented you from doing the things you've been doing over the last year? Because it's only been the last year that you've really embraced everything that you've been doing on LinkedIn. Curious what it is that was blocking you from unleashing the true creative side of yourself. Fear of failure, society, the thought of what you should be doing at a certain point in your life. So when I was a kid, I mean, in high school, I went to three different high schools. I got straight Fs. I was in trouble all the time. I didn't think much about myself. And partly that was my fault because I didn't give myself a reason to think much about myself. But the creative stuff that I did have, I didn't know how to channel it, right? Like I would write raps when I was 14, sitting in math class, I'd be writing a rap, you know, you know, thinking of this cool rap scheme and stuff. And, and the teacher, you know, would call me and I'd be like, what? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Y is. I don't know what X plus that, you know, I didn't really care. That's the thing. I really didn't care. And I didn't see how it applied to real life. And honestly, looking back, really, I should have just followed my own advice. Had I unleashed more of my own creativity and focused less on some of that stuff, probably be in a better place sooner. Mm. I just didn't know, man. I thought I was an outcast. I, I was weird. I was different. I was like, why am I not like everyone else? I overthought things all the time. I just always replayed stories in my mind. And I think that's where I get the ideas for the skit stuff. I would, I would think things out. Something would happen. I would like play it out to be this whole story that was just completely made up in my head. And sometimes it was negative, sometimes it was positive, but I was always like that. And no one really knew what to do with that. It was like, for me, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a rapper. And if that doesn't work out, I guess I'll get an eight to five job. I didn't know that there was these other paths where it's like, hey, you can still use the creativity that you have, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's not in the rap game. Maybe it's a little bit different. So what held me back was once I got out of high school, I thought that getting my life together at 19, I got my life together. I had a good girl in my life that really like was my rock that I needed. She helped me realize how to be a normal human being because the stuff I was doing was just crazy. And I was like, okay, me getting my life together and becoming an adult and a professional, I want to be successful in life. I always knew deep down that I was going to do something special, that I was going to impact the world in some way. I just didn't know how it was going to be. And I thought, all right, you got to go to school. You got to go to college. You get a four-year degree. I did pretty good in college. Then I get out and I start climbing the corporate ladder. And when you get in the corporate ladder, it's like, 
you're not doing rap battles and getting on LinkedIn wasn't even a thing then, but like those things just don't, you got to follow the box. You got to fit the mold. Just like mm. we teach you in high school. It's like an industrial line. It's like, all right, Alex, you're coming in high school. You got this, 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 and this, kick you out. New batch of kids come in. They don't teach you how to be successful at life. They don't teach you how to unleash your creative. They don't teach you self-love, confidence, self-esteem, any of that stuff. And I think that's the biggest miss with our system today. So it was that stuff, man. It was just the, the institution. I felt like I was just always in a box until last year I started creating content. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to unleash my creativity on the world. And if they accept it, great. If they don't, I'll figure it out. And not only did they accept it, but a lot of other people are now starting to unleash their creative. And that's why it's my mission. It's not just LinkedIn. It's not just marketing. It's not just business. It really is my mission to help people unleash their creative, unleash their potential on the world. Yeah. And you've touched on a lot of really interesting points. Not only that there is a systemic problem with our education system that doesn't think about the creative side of our brain and help people foster that ability because it is something that everybody has some creativity and some people that is a huge part of their identity and who they are. I want to talk about your girlfriend that you mentioned for a moment because you you touched on her and I learning more about your story. I'm always curious about the people in your lives and how they played a role. How did she support you? What did she do? Because I know she's a big support system. She believed in you. And I also know to your own admission, you, you know, you didn't as you said, right? You has, you struggled, right? You, you went to three schools, you had trouble with the law, you know, you didn't always get along with your parents, but you had her. What did she do to help you specifically? I almost get emotional thinking about this, but we were together five years. We're not friends anymore. We went our separate ways in college. But I think the first thing that she did was she saw potential. She saw something different in me that I don't think the teachers, they wrote me off. You know, they were like, all right, here comes the screw up kid who's, you know, coming back to high school, going to this high school, getting in trouble. Mm. The cops are being called. They labeled you. They labeled you. Yeah. And I understand why, because my behavior reflected that. But my parents kind of ripped me off too and wrote me off too. and, And they thought I was, they're just hoping I get my stuff together. And I think she saw something different. She saw uh, the inner potential, the the inner creative. So I think that was one piece that was big for me is that someone believed in me and saw something outside of just who I was or what the actions that I was taking. And secondly, she just taught me how to be a normal human. I just didn't know how to even function. I was just always in trouble, getting into bad stuff. I mean, just finding terrible ways to make money, just all kinds of stuff. And she really told me like, hey, here's what you need to do to get into college. And you need to think about what degree you want. You need to think about this. And and so I think she just taught me kind of how, how to be a normal functioning person in society. I was just off the rails, man. Mm. Well, clearly you owe her a lot for what she was able to do. What I really love is the power of believing in someone. For any listener out there that's thinking about how do you pay a a huge gift to somebody. It's sometimes people need someone to believe in them. And when you believe in somebody else, you may believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And what a powerful insight right there, brother. Okay. Let's talk about this concept. I want to shift gears a little bit, but it does dovetail into what we, uh, from what we were just talking about. And that is this idea of being selfish to figure out what you want Mm -hmm. so that you could then be selfless and offer value and help other people What does that mean to you? Well, if you never figure out yourself and you're never good with yourself, it's really hard to go out there and give so much to the world. So you can think about it just personally or in leadership or running a company, however you want to think about it. But if I don't do the work on myself and look in the mirror and say, all right, what do I like? What do I need to maybe fix a little bit and work on? What are some of the insecurities that are eating me up? And and how do I address those? And really start loving yourself, being good with being by yourself. If you don't really go after those and get serious about, hey, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make an investment in myself. I'm going to work mm-hmm. on myself and really be the best version of me, not somebody else, but be the best version of me. If you don't do that first, how are you really going to go out there and impact so many other people? Because you're a little bit I said, but you're kind of broken yourself or if you need so much work done yourself, it's hard to go out there and help all these people. What are you going to do? So you're constantly focused on yourself because you're not happy or you're not getting what you want out of life. And so you just have less to give to other people when you're good with you and you're happy and you're content and you know who you are and you know, by the way, you are that way and you understand how that shows up every day. You then can go out and give a lot more to people because you don't feel like you're needing to take. So I compare it to like relationships. Think about this. We know these people that constantly have to be in a relationship, right? Like they always have to fill this kind of void, right? Like, oh, I can't. And I used to be that way too. So I totally get it. They're like, oh, I can't be alone. I got to be with somebody else. And even while they're in relationships, sometimes they'll seek out other attention if it's not going their way because they're missing a void. Instead of addressing it, facing it right. with their partner, they go somewhere else. They get attention from someone else. 
So they're always doing this, this step-by-step going to somebody else to fill a void that really they need to look at internally. So unless mm. they fix that in themselves first and figure out, hey, why do I need attention from external sources to be happy? Why can't mm. I address these issues with myself or my partner? You're always trying to find something else to fill, which means when you enter in a new relationship, you are taking, you're taking, you're taking because you've got this void to fill versus mm. the void's already filled. That slot has already been filled. So when I enter a new relationship now, I've got a lot to give because I don't need to take so much because I've got this emptiness. And that's the key. That's such a great point. You're able to serve and give so much more when you're full, when you have worked on your own self. And part of being selfish is understanding what you want, what the what the legacy is that you want to live and lead. And part of it is understanding how to show up to be your best self every single day. And then you're able to provide the value that you and others who have worked on themselves are able to provide. I want to talk about another person in your life, and that's your mentor, Nick. Tell me why he has been so helpful to you in your entrepreneurial journey and in just life journey. Yeah. Nick, you know, when I first started talking to Nick, I was creating content and, and kind of had a business model but it wasn't really, a, it wasn't a successful business. And when I approached Nick and, or he approached me, I can't remember how we first met. It was definitely on LinkedIn though. And then we, we took it off LinkedIn. He asked me just some quick questions. I remember I was sitting right here. I was sitting on my chair. We were talking, he's in New Zealand. So he's all the way across the world. It was probably a Friday night, I think maybe like seven, eight o'clock at night. And he just asked me a couple of questions. He was like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish with your post and your content? And How are you turning that into revenue for your business? And the questions that he was asking were just like light bulbs were going off. And I was like, man, I've been focusing because me being the creative, I got a lot, which is why I teach now, do the message first and the creative comes second. You really have to think about, it got me thinking because I was so, I was just doing all this creative stuff and trying to figure out how can I make the next best post? How can I make it more creative than the last one? And I wasn't necessarily thinking about how I think about it now, which is very business-like. I still have the creative, but now I'm like, all right, how do I turn this into revenue? How do I make sure this post connects specifically with my target audience and not just a creative post? So he really helped those light bulbs go off. And he's, he's been a good person in my life just from a support standpoint. We check in on each other. I actually just sent him a message earlier today, try to help each other out now. And now we're more of a, on a pure level because we're both running businesses now, but we still help support each other. And he, he's always been someone that I, I appreciate coming into my life. Isn't it amazing how these people show up into our lives at the right time, they ask the right questions yeah. and they can change our lives. Yes. That right there is just incredible. And it's serendipity, call it what you, the world works in mysterious ways. So I want to transition and I want to get into your creative process and I want to deconstruct and break this mofo down. Before we do, I want to talk about fundamentals. So I'm going to list something, kind of think of this as lightning around. I'm going to say something. I want you to just give me your gut reaction. Give more than you receive. A must. Okay. Why do you feel it's not about you? It's about them. Because that's the only way I think it works long-term. I mean, when you give, 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 it always comes back to you because people, one, you obviously are standing out and you're, you're getting respect for people that see you as someone that gives a lot. And I think those are the people that we want to work with, right? We don't want to work with the takers who constantly want our money and don't want to add any value. We want to work with the people that we feel like are constantly trying to help us. So I think from a, from a practicality standpoint, it just makes sense. Like if you're out on the street, it doesn't matter what you're selling, whether it's B2B, if you're out on the street selling something and you're the person that's like, hey, let me help you with this or hey, let me help you walk across the road. Those are the kind of people that are probably going to get more business than the person just going, hey, can you give me 20 bucks? Can you give me 20 bucks? So it always comes back. And I just, for me personally, it's something that's super important to me. I, it helps me. I sleep good at night knowing that I give a lot and that I try to help mm. a lot of people, not even the business standpoint, but I, I think it, obviously there's a ton of business implications and positive implications that it does for your business. But for me, from a personal standpoint, we talk about filling that void. For me, giving and being a good person and being honest and all that stuff, that's part of who I am as a person. If I wasn't doing that, it would be a hole in who I am. And I'm not trying to create any more holes that don't need to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a strong foundation. Another strong foundation and something I really admire about your approach is the fact that you've done it organically. You haven't used all of the growth hacks that exist out there. Why did you choose to go that direction? Again, it's part of who I am. When I train people on creating content and building their brand and stuff, I think the first place that you need to look, ironically, all this is kind of tying in together, but the first place you need to look is inwards and say, what do you stand for? 
What do you believe in? Why? And how does that show up? And for me, it was like genuineness, authenticity, give more than you receive, care, help make a positive impact while I'm here, legacy, helping people unleash their creative, unleash their potential. And for me, that just doesn't jive. It doesn't mix well with buying followers or buying engagement or comments or being a part of a ton of pods to fake your numbers. Like it just doesn't fit in with my mission. To me, that's not being true to to who I am at my core. I just would never, ever. And I've gotten asked that before recently. Someone was like, hey, don't you think as your business grows, like, come on, man, you're gonna you're gonna do a bunch of pods or automation or you're gonna buy comments and stuff. And I'm like, absolutely not. Because my purpose and my vision and my mission in life, it trumps any financial statement or any views or, or comments or stuff like that. Like that will always come first. Mm, love it, man. Well, again, uh, kudos to you for having the right approach and for not doing what may be perceived as the easy way. You're doing it the right way. And I really, really appreciate that. And I'm glad that you shared it. So let's talk about that creative process, man. So you get this idea in your head. When does that idea pop? And from the moment that idea pops, what's the process? I mean, do you write down a whole bunch of ideas and then do you have a shooting schedule? I know you plan things in advance, but like for those that don't know your process, myself included, walk us through what that looks like. Yeah. So first and foremost, I use my Apple notes app. And basically what I do is I lay out four weeks in a row. So like like right now, if I I could pull this up and screen share, you'd see Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? So four weeks in a row. Those are the days that I post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all videos. Um, except for my LinkedIn group where I'll post in between there. But so I lay out those four weeks and I, and I always try to be at least two to three weeks ahead of schedule. So I'll, I start filling in the gaps. And that's where I like, as an idea pops in my head in that same notes app beneath the four weeks, I have random ideas. So think about, you've got this four weeks and then we're actual ideas and concepts that I'm going to use beneath that is just a bunch of ideas. So I may be on a call with you and be like, Oh man, I should just talk about this the next time. Oh man, I'm with a client meeting or I'm with doing one of my bootcamp live sessions and somebody asks a question. I'm like, man, that's a good topic to cover. Right. So I'll think of these things where I'm driving in my car and I'm like, I should do a concept on this and this could be the storyline and I could make it a LinkedIn stand up comedian edition. You know, so I'll think of these different things because I think the reality is ideas come at any point. They could come in the shower while we're in the car. So you got to have one, a method just to get them down. Just to clarify, this is all in one, one, one note. One, yeah, one note. Your, one note, not like one separate note. notes, not like 30, 50, 100 different notes. One note, you got yeah. the breakdown by Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, yes. Friday. And below that are all the ideas. Okay, gotcha. Okay, all the ideas, so but the ideas are just one sentence or one liners. They're not written out. So once I start, here's the next element to that. Once I start writing or scripting it out, then it goes to a new note and I title it at the top. So like today's post was social media debates personalization right. versus automation. I would then, that was for Monday of last week or this week now. And I wrote it out. And then once I start scripting out what I'm actually going to say, then I'll post it in a new note and I start scripting it out. So like right now today, I've got two videos that I'm scripted out for that'll be for next week. And I'm recording them today. And those are for next week. I'm already scripting out the next videos for two weeks out. So the trick is you, you got to stay ahead of it. So when did you script the two videos that you're going to shoot today? When did you script those last week or when, when, how long ago? Over the weekend. Do you have a set time that you write your scripts and do you have a set time that you shoot? No. And yes. So I have deadlines where it's like, I know that script because I shoot on Mondays. So Monday after all my zoom calls, my sessions, my engagement, my live, everything else, then I will shoot these videos probably around five thirty, six o'clock. I'll knock out these two videos. The one on Friday is always some type of interview or podcast or Zoom call. So that I don't really have to record and script out. It's more of the real unscripted side, which I think is important to show both. So I'll record those today. But I knew for my scripts this week, the ones I'm recording today, I knew I had to have it done, ready to go by today at 5.30. So whether I did that last Thursday or whether I knocked it out over the weekend, Sunday night, whatever it is, I just knew, hey, you got to be ready to record Monday by 5.30. And then the same for next week. That's when you start shooting Monday at 5.30? Yep. For the following week videos. Got it. And then when does the editing start and how long does editing usually take per video? So recently I hired a, a guy to join my team uh, that does a lot of really solid editing. I got to a point where I was doing all my editing myself and on the really creative videos, I mean, it could take six, seven hours to edit one video. So mm-hmm. the scene changes, the characters, the different effect. I mean, all the different things, it really can become quite the project. It can be almost an entire workday. So eventually I got to a point where I'm like, look, if I'm going to scale this business and grow to the next level, I can't do all the editing myself. It's just not going to make sense. I'm not going to be able to grow. So I'll either outsource it 
or I'll do the video editing myself. And that editing process would start Tuesday. So it starts tomorrow. So I'll get it down to the clips I want. If I'm going to outsource it, I'll send it to my guy. If I'm going to do it myself, I'll start adding the titles, the borders, that kind of stuff. And then depending on the video, it depends on how long it's going to take. And the shooting itself, if you're shooting, is that the only time you're shooting on Mondays at 530? And, yeah. and how long does it take you to shoot typically? Well, it depends on the video, but typically like 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20. If it's like a really creative, there's different characters and I got to change clothes and stuff like that. No more than 20 minutes. Got per, it. Okay. I think that's a really good framework. And I really appreciate that you've, place deadlines, that you have a process for holding all of your notes in one place and that you know, like this is the schedule that you have and this is the schedule that you follow. And one thing that you shared in a YouTube video that I want to highlight, which I really, really touched me is why the green screen has a special place in your heart. Can you share that with the audience? Mm, yeah. And, and real quickly too, like it didn't used to be this organized and systemized. I was all over the place in the beginning. It's the worst feeling and it's the most stressful feeling to feel like you have to get out content, but you don't know what you're going to do or when you're going to do it and you're mixing. So I think I just had to hit on that. Like this oh, is man, me. I, I feel you. I feel this you. Is, yeah. This is me a year later, like really perfecting how I do what I do in a way that, and I have to teach other people how to do it too. So I had to get systemized. And so it's, it's a game changer. So anyone listening right now, like be ahead of it, map it out, figure out your times, like be disciplined around it, just like you would a workout routine or anything else. The green screen. Yeah, man. So when I was going through uh, my separation of my ex, we were living together and I didn't have a place to, to shoot my videos at all. There was no, you know, it's a small two-bedroom condo at the time. Now I'm in a, a, an apartment building, but there was nowhere to shoot my videos. I looked at everyone else. This was back when LinkedIn was more professional. Like there wasn't as many creative stuff on there then. And everyone had the bookshelf in the back or some kind of cool living room, or they were in a nice house. And I always felt like, always felt like the outcast my entire life. I've always felt different, but I was like, man, I just don't even look the part of any of these entrepreneurs. Little did I know that was going to be my advantage. But at the time I saw it as a disadvantage. And I was just like, I wonder if I could like get a green screen and I could change my background to something more professional. Never, Billy, did I for a second at that point think that I was going to be doing rap battles and LinkedIn and all this different stuff. I did not buy it to say, let me change my background so I can do all this creative stuff. I just said, I just need a freaking office. Like, 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 give me a green screen so I can look like I know what I'm doing. I can look like an actual legit entrepreneur. It's just funny to think back at that. And then when I moved out here, the same situation, I'm in this little one bedroom apartment and I'm like, you know, I don't have the cool bookshelves and the fancy stuff. And I know that that's coming, right? That'll come, but I'm in build mode. I'm in build mode. And so I got it out of really necessity. I got it out of what I thought was a necessity. Looking back now, it wasn't a necessity. But what that turned into was once I unleashed my creative, which was very quickly after that. And if you go back and look at some of my first videos, you'll see me behind the green screen and you'll see the actual green screen. And it's because I didn't know how to work a green screen. I didn't know how to even do any of this stuff. So it's just so crazy to see the transformation. But then it turned into, okay, wait a second. I'm doing a, a funny skit on a sales call or a marketing meeting or whatever. And I can change the background now. I can add in characters. I can do this with that. And so it just really, I just took it to the next level. And I said, I'm going to brand myself as Unleashed a Creative, man. I'm going to do things that there's 680 million people on LinkedIn and not one single person is going to be doing what I'm doing. I love it, man. And it's so cool too, because what could have been, as you said, your disadvantage, you turned that into your advantage. And I think that's the insight that really shines through. As I heard you describe that, I was like, wow, you know, he went in thinking, okay, I don't have all these things that I'm seeing. I'm not seeing the bookshelf, but frankly, everybody's got that. It's boring after a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I remember when we talked, one of our first conversations, I was, I mentioned that I had a green screen. You're like, oh, you have a green screen? You're like kind of surprised. And because uh, I, I shoot videos with my son and he's got a YouTube channel and we things like that. And also for my YouTube channel. But the point being is sometimes you got to look at things like that and see how you can use what may be considered a roadblock or a challenge and turn that into your advantage. I love that, man. So let's talk about message because message is really, really important to you. You got to have clarity of message and you know make sure your value points are mapped out. And I know sometimes it's the creative side that happens first. Sometimes it's the message, but you never, ever put a video out that doesn't have a core takeaway. And this mm -hmm. is really, really a fundamental point. How do you make sure that's always happening? And for the audience listening, why is it so vitally important that anything you do has a point, right? Like there's going to be a takeaway. 
Yeah, I mean, especially if you're trying to grow a business and build a brand and generate revenue, you could post the random funny videos of the dog doing the hula hoop, but that's not going to do anything for you or your brand or your business. It's just going to, it may get a bunch of views and some likes. So the first thing I teach is like, there's certainly the creative side and then there's the message or the value. You really got to think about what's the message that I want to deliver first. What is the takeaways? What do I want to, it doesn't always have to be like, here's three tips on how to, it can be just, sometimes it's just a motivational type thing where it just hits people in the heart and like, damn, like that's the video I was talking about next week where I talk about helping people unleash their creative. I was just thinking, I'm like, how can I do this in a way that's really creative? That's not just me telling people, hey, you're amazing and you're unique. And probably what you think is your disadvantage is probably your advantage. And you do have special super talents. We all do. It's just about finding them, unlocking them and using them. Like you're amazing at doing podcasts. Like this is one of your biggest strengths. Not everyone can do this. It's about finding that. But then I was like, now that I got the core concept and I know the takeaway where I want to, how I want to make people feel, which I think is important with content. Now, how do I put a creative touch on that? And so I'm like, well, what if I came up with this concept or what if I had this, this character do this, or this is how I presented it. It's the same way with a debate today. I, I was like personalization versus automation in your messages. I could come out and say, Hey, look, here's the advantages of personalization. Here's why you want to use it a lot of times. Hey, here's what automation can do. And here's what it can't do for you. I could have just said that, but I said, why don't I make it, why don't I bring these characters to life? And I say automation, Adam versus personalized Paul. And that can create this whole dynamic and this whole scene where these two are going at it in a debate. It's not even telling people, it's getting them to feel what it's like to get a personalized message, getting them to feel what it's like to get an automation message, automated message. And that's always been a big part of my content is I want people to, and that's why I think I've stood out. I want people to feel it, not just mm. hear it and see it, but I really want people to feel what I'm saying. And there's no better way to do that than to tell an engaging story to get people to smile, laugh, like bring it to life. Well, novelty matters. And novelty doesn't mean that it has to be a brand new concept. Right. It's been shared. Somebody else has said almost the exact same premise of what totally. that video is about, but they haven't said it in the way you said it. And they haven't brought it to life with characters and a story. And what you're doing is you're creating this world that brings to life a concept, an idea, insight, a best practice, something that's going to be valuable. You're packaging the value in a really creative way. And I love the way you package your value. Let's talk a little bit about once you have that value piece out there, how do you turn that into business? Let's, let's, let's deconstruct the funnel and what your system is to take, because you get tons of engagement, tons of views and all of those things. And I think a fundamental step that a lot of people miss is they're so focused on the creative, they may or may not be executing it. Most are not executing it. And certainly very few, if any, are executing it to the degree you, degree you are. But let's set that aside because I think there are people that, that are doing great content, but they still lack that next part of the equation, which is how do you convert that engagement, those views into potential customers or clients? Yeah. The first step you have to do, and this is the part that seems so simple, but most people get it wrong. I was just talking to someone literally earlier today, and they don't think about their target audience enough. They don't think about who is this message going to, like, how's it going to make them feel? What value is it going to add to them? So people will create this content. I was talking to somebody that they help B2B companies increase their revenue. In one of his podcast episodes, the first 10 to 15 seconds was them talking about how, what it feels like to be a copywriter. And I'm like, look, you're targeting C-level folks and business owners, that kind of stuff. That's not going to jive with them. So I think number one, first and foremost, you got to put yourself in the shoes of your target audience. And you got to say, if I was Joe Schmo or Shelly at this company, what do I really care about? Like what would I see that instantly goes, man, I, I need to work with that person or, hey, this is a great point. I need to engage with this content. So I think you obviously have to start there. You have to look at your audience and say, what, what do they care about? What matters? What are their pain points? And you build your message around that. The mm. second part of it is you got to make it engaging. You got to make it stand out. So no, you don't flash your company logo the first three to five seconds of your video. You don't set up your video and go, <clears throat> so today, um, today, my name is Alex with Impacts, by the way. Today, I think what I'm going to talk about today is really how we act. Boom, people are gone, man. They're freaking gone. Like you got to jump right out there in the first three to five seconds, grab attention. That's got to be, you, know, you don't want to give everything away, but you want to start off that message with something that makes people want to watch the next segment. That's the whole line. So it's just like when you end a TV show, they usually leave it with a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? Because they want you to watch the next episode. So it's the same thing with your first three to five seconds. It's like that mini cliffhanger of like, oh, what is this? Like, I got to see how this plays out, right? 
which is why stories are so good. Because once we get hooked on a good story, we have to see how it ends. Like you never pick up a good movie. Like how many times have you watched a really good movie and engaged you, you're interested. And then you're like 45 minutes in, you're like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. And just, and never came back to it. Never, right? We've got to see how it ends. We got to know. So your content's kind of the same way. And then on the back half, you got to be real strategic with how you where how are you going to convert people? Like people aren't going to convert out of nowhere. Sometimes they will, but you need calls to action. You need to put drop comments in your post and say, hey, if this was valuable to you or you need help generating revenue for your business through your content, reach out to me. Ask me about my five-week LinkedIn video bootcamp. Ask me, you know, either way, I'll drop some value for you and I'll give you some free advice. So it's a win-win for you. Those types of calls to actions are super important. And so that's one way to do it. You, you drive engagement by asking questions and that kind of stuff at the end of your post and your comments. You got to get the conversation started. I always say, don't look at a post as a post. Look at it like a conversation starter. Like you were trying mm. to cause a massive discussion on LinkedIn. You got to poke some feathers sometimes. You got to be a little bit disruptive. Uh, it doesn't mean in a negative way, but you got to grab attention and then you got to keep it. And then you got to know what to do with it once you got it. You got to funnel it somewhere. So sometimes I'll put, hey, Joe, hey, for free tips every single week, I'm in my LinkedIn group. Join our free group. It's right here. I've got, I mean, we've got over 300 people there in just a few weeks. So it's about funneling people. But then it's also about, this is one thing that I think a lot of people miss, your likes and comments. Like people will get, you know, 40, 50 likes on a post. And then I may ask them like, hey, how many of those turned into customers or how many did you reach out to and send a personalized video DM? And they're like, oh, well, I, I guess I really didn't go through those. And I'm like, so you're telling me 50 people liked your video. <laughs> they took the time to watch it, reacted to it. Some of them even commented, probably 40 of them commented. And you didn't send a personalized video DM, even though that was someone in your target audience that could be a potential customer. You see how crazy that sounds? So your response rate, by the way, when you send a video DM that's personalized to someone that's engaged with your content is nearly 100%, Billy. Like I've been doing this for a little while now. It's almost 100%. So a cold video DM is a little bit different. If you just connected with someone, you still got to personalize it. And it's still over 50% most cases. But when someone's engaged with your stuff, like it's through the roof. So the key mm-hmm. is I need as much legit as engagement as possible from my target audience. That warms this pot up. Then I just go reach out and I go, you, you, you. And I just start kind of plucking people that I think I could help and do business with. Well, you give this great example. Like you have a kiosk at the mall and <laughs> all of a sudden, all these people start by, I like your product. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Okay, this keeps on walking. Like you don't, you're not engaging with people that are interested in your stuff. This Dude. is crazy. This is crazy talk. It's the same. Uh, thing. <laughs> exactly like that. People are walking by and saying, man, I love what you just did there. I love that product. That's such a great idea. And you're like, thanks. See you later. Have a great day. It's like, no, you need to ask, hey, what'd you like about her? Hey, let me show you something else. If you like this, you're going to love that. Like you got to, and that's where intention comes into play. I talk a lot about being strategic and being very intentional. And the one thing that's different about me today versus where I was eight to 12 months ago, I was just creating content and hoping something worked versus now it's like every post, man, I'm just freaking breaking it down to like a a crazy granular level, trying to figure out how does this convert to to Mm -hmm. actual revenue in business. Yeah. And there's two points I want to clarify that you had brought up just a few minutes ago. And you said, you don't want to give it all away. And I think you were saying at the beginning, you don't want to give everything away at the beginning. Your point isn't you're holding back information. Like you're, no. you're okay with giving information freely because I know you well enough. That is always the way you lead is just give, 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 and give freely because it's the implementation. It's the context that you're going to get when you're working with your clients. So I want to make that clarification. The second clarification is it's about being casual. Like you, you're not suggesting to make a video where you're like, hey, check out my five-week course. No, that's the same. And you've said this yourself. That's the same as sending a DM that says, that's a cold DM. Hey, I, I have this five-week course. Am I correct yeah. on both of those, those fronts? Totally, yeah. By, by not giving it away, I don't mean the information. I meant exactly what you said by don't give away the whole storyline of your post because you want to keep people engaged. So if I came out, I was talking about personalization, automation, or auto, automation, and I just said, hey, personalization is the way to go. Don't even awesome. automation. It just like takes away from the whole post, right? Now you know the punchline. So keep it going a little bit, but certainly you got to give away your information. Certainly you cannot have a scarcity mentality. If you go through all my content the last year, I guarantee you can put together a course for sure on how to create content on LinkedIn and how to generate revenue. The question is, are you going to go through all that and take the time to do it and which, you know, and that kind of stuff. But, but someone once asked me like, Hey, Alex, aren't you worried you give away all your information? Like what if the whole world goes out there and creates content now for free and they never have to come to you. And I'm like, play back what you just said to me. If the whole world is now creating content because of something that I did, 
like that's the positive impact that I just made. I'm not going to be worried about any opportunities. Like, like I guarantee some things are coming into me. So I think people got to reframe the way they think about sharing information. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, I have a training background and there were times where people would get worried that our training manuals and all this stuff would get out. There was a time where it was pretty, I'm like, we have a hard enough time getting the people in our business to do what we've trained them on. Okay, Amen, so let, let me assure you, they're not going to do it. They just find some <laughs> random guide. Yes. So yes, exactly. It's implementation. People need help exactly. with the implementation. They need help with the context within their framework of their business. How do they yes. apply these principles? Yes. The other point that you made about, yeah, you don't in your content itself. I think of my content, like my art and LinkedIn's the canvas. Like you need to paint something nice for people that people want to see. They want to consume. They want to come back and see again. Mm-hmm. But people are always like, well, how do I convert that? It's like, well, you don't by, you don't do it by pitching in your content. You let your content bring people in. And then once they're in, then you say, by the way, I've got this back stage here that is filled with value if you want to check it out. So it's just like the entryway in. It's just to gravitate people towards you. And then once they get there, then you convert them. But all the content is value added. Let's talk about the backstage because there's group, there's, there's, you can have yeah. a checklist. Like what are the different ways? Cause you, you, you've said, Hey, DM me. So there's direct message. They could join your group, but like yeah. walk us through all of those things and anything that maybe you're not doing that, you know, are other options. You basically could literally do anything. So some of the main ones are the DM are the LinkedIn group. That's what your way to kind of funnel a conversation, build a relationship. The other ways are you could have a newsletter that you have people subscribe to you could have that free checklist, that free training. Like I can make a video that's 10 minutes long on Kajabi, which is what I, the software I use right now. And I can make it free to sign up and I could post a video saying, Hey, if you like this train, like if you like this, this, and this from today's video, join my free training. It's 10 minutes. And it's going to change the game for you in terms of this, this, and this. And then people sign up, they got to put their email in and then I retarget them via the email or however, whatever source I wanted to retarget them ads, whatever I'm doing. There's a ton of different ways that you can do it. One thing that I'm not doing a lot of right now is sort of the website and the back channel type stuff. My website's being, it's currently being done right now. It should be done next week. But that's something I do want to get a little bit more into where I'm capturing more information from folks and being able to retarget them later on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Kajabi. And what are some of the other tools, platforms, or resources that you leverage that you would recommend to somebody that wants to start taking their content game and their brand seriously? Yeah. So Kajabi is the, the training platform. So that's good if you're starting your own courses, boot camps, that kind of stuff. It's, it's a really good system. And it allows you to do a lot of the marketing type stuff too. And some of the automation in terms of emails when people sign up and stuff. The content creation piece, I use Filmora 9 to edit. It's a free software system. You can sign up for it today. If you use the paid version, it's like 69 bucks for a lifetime right now. So it's like, it's dirt cheap. And, and I, for the first you know eight months, I did all my own videos. And even the video today, I 100% did that other than the outro. So I still do some of my own video editing too. And I use all that system. You don't need any pro crazy three or $400 type system to do the stuff that you need to post on LinkedIn. Leave that to the videographers, to the true video editors. And then I use a simple Logitech camera. You can buy one for a hundred bucks or nothing crazy. I use a Yeti mic, which is okay. It's decent, but it's, it's gotten the job done. I mean, you could simply use your phone, just hold it horizontally and shoot in nine by 16 or 16 by nine. And there you go. You plug in a film more, do some edits and you're good to go. And you, like me, were recovering perfectionists. So putting <laughs> aside all of the needs to have the greatest and latest technology, they're not necessary. What's necessary is you thinking and being creative and yes. not being your own worst enemy by saying all the reasons why you can't do something. Instead, find the the one reason why you must do something. You have this desire to live your legacy and leave a legacy where you're helping people. What is the legacy that you want to leave when you're a hundred years old and you're looking back at your life? What is it that you want to say you've accomplished? I want to say that I help positive change for the world and I help people look at how they look at themselves and the uniqueness that they have and the creativity that they have. And I was someone that helped the world unleash that. I think that for me, there's someone that's, I know there's a 12 year old girl named Shelly right now, somewhere in some school who probably is being picked on, who probably feels different and weird because maybe she does her journaling or maybe she does art or something. And what she doesn't realize probably because maybe her parents haven't parented her a certain way. And the school system certainly hasn't done her justice is that they're not teaching her that, Hey, you're actually really unique because you have that. You're actually really special because you have that. And there's going to be a way in the future that you're going to use that to take advantage and to win and to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life. So very much a lot of it is I want to be known for someone that helped people see how amazing they are and how to use it to 
get wherever they want to go in life. Yeah. And speaking of helping people, I know that your clients mean a lot to you. You had a really, really touching video that you posted on YouTube where you got emotional, man. You Mm -hmm. talked about what your clients mean to you. One of, as a last question, maybe you could share with the audience, why is it that you have this connection and you feel so grateful? Because a lot of times people think, oh, I'm so grateful for you, right? I'm so grateful to Alex because you've helped me, but they forget how grateful you are for them. Talk a little bit about that. It's everything to me, man. Really for two reasons. One, they believed in me. And especially early on when you're doubting a lot of the things that you're doing, Maybe you're confident in yourself, but you doubt, should I be doing this? Is this the right program? Is this the right way to teach? And the fact that people believed in me very early on and gave me a chance, they trusted me. They gave me money to teach them how to do certain things to help transform them. I still think about that like day one, even though I'm confident in what I do now, my programs, I know they work, but like I still had that just gratefulness of I'm so appreciative of someone that they trusted me. They spent their time, money, and energy with me to help them get them to where they want to go. Like that just, that means a lot to me. And two, I mean, without your clients, like without my clients, I'm nowhere. Like I, mm-hmm. I couldn't have quit my full-time job and spent more time with my kids and live my dream without them. Like there's no way. Like, like they are the reason that I'm here today. I mean, I sometimes look at that boot camp crew and some of my other company clients and I'm like, I don't like, guys, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you. I just wouldn't. There's no revenue. There's no business growth. So I think of each and every customer, that's why I pour my heart and soul to them because it's like, I don't get to do what I do every day and I love what I'm doing without them. And it's the mm-hmm. same way if you're a musician or an actor or stuff. Sometimes, yes, is it a pain in the ass? <laughs> All the engagement and the messages and the keeping up with everything and the constantly coming up with creative stuff? Yes, of course. But the trade-off is that I get to do what I, I love. And part of that is just appreciating the people that do reach. I mean, you just got to appreciate the heck out of these folks that, that gave you a chance, believe in you and allow you to do what you love every day. Yeah. And you've got an amazing group and community that you've built with your group on LinkedIn. And let me just say, if you are a business executive, if you're a founder and you need help, Alex is willing and more than able to help transform you into a revenue generating LinkedIn content creator and build yourself in a way that will allow you to realize the true power of creating content. So you could find him on LinkedIn, obviously. And I know you're working on your website, impacts.com. That's I-M-P-A-X-S.com. Where else can they find you? And maybe wrap up by just sharing a little bit of uh, how people can embrace your group or anything else that would help them. That's, I mean, LinkedIn and email website is the best place to find me, honestly. I'm on Instagram and YouTube, but those are the two best places to to get a hold of me. And certainly our LinkedIn group is free to join. So it's called Unleash the Creative. If you search LinkedIn groups, type in Unleash the Creative. All you got to do is request to join it and I'll let you right in. There's no cost to get in. There's no certain criteria. You can make have made zero posts before, zero content or a thousand. It doesn't matter. The only thing that I ask is you don't spam in there or uh, post inappropriate content. So other than that, we're good. Love it. Well, Alex, so grateful for you being on the show, my brother. It's been an, such a joy to watch your journey on LinkedIn. You're crushing it. You'll continue to crush it. I'm so impressed by everything you're doing it and you're doing it the right way. Alex D. Sheridan, thank you for being on Inside Out. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. If you like this show, the best payment you can give is to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. You can also listen to past episodes and see a breakdown of all the best insights by going to insightoutshow.com. And for the record, there's no greater compliment than sharing this show with your friends on social media. So if there's an insight or a lesson that you liked, please share it and tag both me and today's guest. And until next time, remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.